0: The hunger for significance starts early. I never saw the programme the other week called Sue Perkins and the Chimp Sanctuary, which revealed the pathetic situation of chimpanzees that were being used for experimentation. However, the Times TV reviewer next morning described how the programme featured a 1986 film taken in a US laboratory that showed chimps sent mad with isolation spending their lives unable to walk or touch another living being. As a baby, desperate for contact, saw the isolation closing in again, a living hell in a box, it screamed so pitifully and desperately that I cried almost as much as Perkins, whose face was wet with tears. What a vile disgrace. Bravo for Perkins confronting us with what we do. But really, quite apart from chimpanzees, that's really us. That pitiful cry for contact, with that profoundly human craving for connection, recognition, affirmation. The baby cries, reaches out, hold me, speak to me, stroke me, sing to me, feed me, love me. Don't neglect me, forget about me, abandon me, hurt me. We know that sense of revulsion, shock and horror when those things, those unspeakably cruel things, do happen and helpless babies are ill-treated. We feel outraged because we know that all the baby wants is to be valued, nurtured and named in love, scooped up and embraced in a safe and good place. Everything the baby does is asking us to demonstrate that they are significant, they matter. And when the babies become children, the same eagerness for attention, the same profound need for inclusion and enfolding persists. It's a big world out there, and it's easy to feel a stranger, easy to feel pushed aside, unimportant, not worth much. In the eyes of the people whose love and loyalty you might hope you can count on. So encouragement and support and consistent love are needed. If the child is not to be made to feel that cosmic lonesomeness that chills the soul and drives people into themselves, makes them hide from hurt. And when a new sibling comes along to threaten and rob, as it might seem, there are even stronger needs for assurance and reassurance that they still matter, that they are still loved. The explosion of social media has aggravated those concerns. The Children's Commissioner in the UK reported last week that 11-year-old children are starting secondary school desperate for validation through social media, likes and comments. Says one child, when you get 50 likes, it makes you feel good because you know people think you look good. It makes you feel good that you're kind of popular. Because you've got a high amount of likes. By contrast, harsh words and unkind criticism, censorious looks, they go deep. At our men's group back in Dunbar, we had an evening just talking about what it was like growing up and being a child. And here were these men, hardened men, uh, holding top positions in serious and important jobs. Going back to a time when at primary school, some terrible injustice was done to them, some unkind word was said by a school teacher, and they still carry the hurts into their 70s and their 80s. The hurts of those words. Who'd be an adolescent, though, when there is an army of unrestrained hormones rampaging around your system? when peer group pressure threatens to crush your soul and Instagram and Snapchat disturb your peace of mind. In some respects, it's never been harder to be a teenager, people say, and I could believe that. It's never been harder to feel that you matter when you might not be wearing the right clothes or listening to the right music or living in the right house. Just when you need to express your independence and be affirmed in your own nature, people, parents, peer group, all want to mould you into their models and you begin to wonder who you are in the midst of the competing calls upon your loyalty. It's all too easy, and the statistics confirm this, to feel a crushing sense of failure, not being a good fit not being in the mix with the others, not measuring up to some abstract set of expectations. And if you happen to live in some ghastly post-war sinkhole housing estate, where gang culture sets the tone, and the only way you can feel a sense of belonging is to belong there and wear their badge of honour and identity, then it's no surprise that there is confusion and deep unhappiness abroad in the teenage subculture all aggravated by economic pressures lack of job opportunities and temptations aplenty of a sort variety and accessibility never dreamt of by their grandparents and so you can hear how tentative the voice can become how uncertain the feeling of self-worth who cares about me do i matter at all Unfortunately, as we know, unfortunately, as we know, those questions don't go away when we become adults. They just reappear in a different form, where we try to establish our sense of worth, pursue our search for significance by playing the games adults play. And we find or try to find our worth in the things we have, the job we do, the title we hold. Position, recognition, qualifications. Much is invested in material status. I am a man or woman of substance. They even write books about it. I'm a self-made man, and it shows. So what do you do? Is a question asked pretty early on in forming relationships. People send out those Christmas letters about how our kids are doing, and none of them are ever in prison. They're all captaining the hockey team or leading, uh, singing the lead part in the local operetta. And we bask in that and those achievements somehow rub off on us. And our sense of self-worth rises. We hope to find our value demonstrated by the relationships we form, but those don't always work out. And in fact they can leave us so battered and bruised and unsure of ourselves that we wish we'd never engaged in these relationships in the first place. It's tough. People get crushed, feel rejection and dismissal with a crippling force. Who cares about me? For me? Who needs me? Wants me? What am I worth? We know enough about the real world to know that it's not always a kind place full of kind people. And when we get older... The questions that gather around our self-esteem grow in number and in sharpness. Older people complain about feeling forgotten, discarded, sidelined, invisible. They become unwanted in society and feel a burden on their family. And to salvage your emotional security and your feeling of significance in the context of those social dynamics is a tough call. Previous work status removed, disobedient bodies that creak and groan and a world and a world seemingly busy about its own affairs is not a congenial context for those who need reassured that they are treasured, precious and important. One bright starry night the psalmist gets a sense of his smallness and poses the question I look at the stars, the work of your hands and I think what is man that you are mindful of him? or the son of man, that you should think of him. Wise words. If the rough and tumble of the human condition do not make us wonder where we fit into things, a few serious moments contemplating the universe might bring us to the conclusion that we're pretty small beer, pretty unimportant in the great cosmic sweep. We don't add up to a hill of beans. But we would be wrong if we thought that. We would be so very wrong. For the psalmist goes on to affirm that in the sight of God, in the league table of God's measures, we are precious, loved and important. We are significant and we do matter. Creation is his gift to us, to be our playground, our science lab, our artist studio and our garden a place to play and learn, to create and to grow. All for us. All for us. All of it. All for us. If there are any other beings out there with their universes, good luck to them. But to all intents and purposes, for as long as we have been and as long as we will be, this is our patch, our blessing, our treasure store and in it we can find nourishment, creativity, pleasure, and breathtaking beauty. For us, his gift, eons of mystery to explore, boundless infinities of creativity to enjoy. For us, because we matter. At any one of Shakespeare's stages along the way, the common currency of our psyche is the need for a genuine, reassuring feeling that we matter, that we are significant. Not famous, not rich necessarily, not powerful, but significant. And the Bible affirms our worth as created by God. Each one of us, created by God. A daring presumption, but one that is reinforced by all the factors that contribute to our uniqueness, our distinctive voice, our fingerprints, our DNA, our talents, abilities and character that make us different from everyone else, that make us what Kierkegaard called that meeting of time and eternity that will never be repeated, though the world should stand forever. That's how significant we are. There has never been one of you and there will never be another of you in all of time. When there are only a few Ming dynasty vases left, the worth of each soars. When there has only ever been one of us, priceless we are, That made all the more special by the spiritual depths and dimension that form our personality. Made by God to know him and to love him. Unique among all creatures in our capacity to express love and worship for him. Obedience and service towards him. All creation waits for us to say the words, express the thanks, honour the maker. Only in our humanity is the possibility miracle of miracles. Of fellowship with God, communion with God, spirit to spirit, bonding with God significant crucial. And if there were any lingering doubts as to our worth, come to Calvary. Here is the defining moment of our significance. We may not know, we cannot tell what pains he had to bear, but we believe it was for us he hung and suffered there. That uh, L'Oreal advert should be adopted by the church because you're worth it. For too long, people have been told that Calvary, the cross of Calvary, is a pointer and a sign of our, our worthless failure that should bring us broken to our knees, But a clearer truth is that he didn't embrace the cross because we are rubbish. He didn't go to Calvary because we are a waste of space. He climbed the cross for love of us. He went there to that place with all its darkness, mystery and shame because in his eyes, in his heart, we are worth it worth the stable, worth the conflicts with his critics worth the misunderstandings, worth the beating worth the crown of thorns as his hands are open to embrace the world and to embrace us his cross tells us with a certainty we cannot refuse or deny you are significant you matter you matter to me He says, you matter to me.